when I sit down with people individually, I'm not sitting down with people. They're sitting down with themselves. And what I do is create a container of unconditional love and acceptance, non-judgment, giving them some really amazing tools to be able to navigate themselves back to themselves without fear of, if I'm me, will I be connected to others? Welcome to the Simply Be Podcast, a show dedicated to redefining what personal branding really means and debunking the myths on what it's not. I'm your host, Jessica Zweig, founder of the Simply Be Agency, and I realized my value proposition was helping others find theirs. Wouldn't it be amazing if everyone on the planet knew their own power and stepped into it? You see, that's not just personal branding. That's personal transformation, and it belongs to all of us. So this show is here to help you set yourself free to simply be. You ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the Simply Be Podcast, episode number 31. Oh my gosh, you guys, welcome back to the show. So excited to be bringing this episode to you with this guest today. This is a person that I have really connected with on a spiritual, obviously spiritual level for the last, I don't know, couple of years since I discovered his work. He is a friend. He is a teacher. He is a mentor and he's the real deal. And I cannot believe that I got him on my show. And I'm so excited to dive into this conversation and have you hear this because it we talked about a lot of things today, including how you can become a quantum creator in your own life to be the light, step on the lit train, and enjoy a Pop Rocks experience living here on planet Earth because that is our divine right. That is your divine right. And we need more people stepping into the light so that we can wake the whole planet up and shift into a new consciousness of love and acceptance and self-worth. That's basically the work that I'm doing in the world. It's the work that he's doing in the world. We do it in very different ways. But today, you're going to learn directly from a shaman, and it is unbelievable. We also, at the very end of the episode, get into basically a real-time session. He reads my energy. He diagnoses what's happening in my body and in my energy field and the way that I am operating as a boss pretty vulnerable to be frank that we're putting this out there. I'm putting this out there. And uh, he also tells me what planet I come from. And it's pretty spot on, kind of amazing. So you definitely want to stay till the end. But before we get into the interview today with our incredible guest, I do want to talk to you guys about something amazing that I'm I'm doing for the first time for you guys on January 30th. It's a Thursday evening, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I am hosting my first ever live Zoom call with my community. It's called How to Simply Be Your Brand in 2020. And I am going to be opening up a lot about the secret sauce that we do at Simply Be on how to crystallize your brand message, but it's going to go deep. We're going to talk about intention setting. We're going to talk about visioning. We're going to talk about leveling up into our power and our purpose this year, making zero apologies for it because that's what I'm doing. And I am eliminating the word try, according to Shaman Durek, our guest today, 
and I am just embodying it. And I want that for you. I want that for everyone listening. I want that for the world, (laughs) but I can only impact my corner of the world. So that's you guys. The way you get an invite to the Zoom call is very specific. I'm only talking about this on the podcast. You have to go on over to iTunes, leave a review, screenshot that shit, DM it to me on Instagram. I am at Jessica Zweig. My last name is German, by the way. And uh, then I'll send you the, the link right there in a direct message uh, to, to get on the Zoom call. So again, you want to head on over to iTunes, leave a review, screenshot the review itself, send it to me in a DM, and I will personally invite you with the link to join me on January 30th. It's a Thursday night, 6 p.m. on how to simply be your brand in 2020, because this is the year of you. I'm telling you. Okay, let's talk about Shaman Durek. If you guys don't know who Shaman Durek is, welcome. Welcome to um, the truth, basically. I discovered him on a podcast a couple years ago. He was on Luke Story's podcast. He was he's been on Lacey Phillips' podcast. He's works with a ton of celebrity clients. Not that that really matters, but I've I've gotten wind of his message through celebrities I follow. And he is just pure love and pure light. And I am so excited to be sharing his wisdom today. So who is Shaman Durek? I'm going to tell you. He is a sixth generation shaman, author of his new book, Spirit Hacking, Shamanic Keys to Reclaim Your Personal Power, Transform Yourself, and Light Up the World. And I have read his entire book, and it is honestly one of the best books I've ever read. I cannot tell you how good it is. It's written so well. You will fly through it. It will change your perception. You have to get your hands on his book. And he is definitely a visionary for the new age. He acts as a bridge between the spiritual and the physical planes to help bring the power back into people's hands and bring healing and happiness into people's lives. He is an author and a women's empowerment leader, which we're going to talk a lot about today, his perspective on women's empowerment. It is profound. He has devoted decades to study and practice applying ancient spiritual wisdom to help bridge the gap between modern day society and science and ancient healing. Dirk's teachings have impacted thousands of people around the world. And he also serves people like Gwyneth Paltrow and tech giants like Dave Asprey of Bulletproof Coffee. And he also does one-on-one coaching sessions. He teaches courses on how to find your own shamanic gifts. He gives talks all over the place. Highly recommend going to his website, shamandurek.com, and checking him out on Instagram at shamandurek to follow all of the good things that he is sharing with the world. If you never get a chance to talk to him personally like I did, it doesn't matter. You will be able to learn and grow and glean so much wisdom simply by absorbing his content online. So I am going to let you absorb all of this incredible content from this podcast interview and get right to it with Shaman Durek so that you can learn how to simply be a self-loving, self-empowered quantum creator riding the lit train, busting out of the matrix of fear and hate and loathing and into a pop rocks life on planet earth filled with love and light and divinity because that is your right by being here in the first place. So without further ado, let's get into our chat. Well, welcome to my show, Shaman Durek. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure. 
I've been following your work and we've been connecting on stories and, and through Instagram, through the interwebs for a while. And to be able to connect with you firsthand is just, it's so exciting because you've really changed my life. You've changed the way that I see my work in the world. And I'm so, so excited to bring your message to my community. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm very honored. But one thing we must remember is I did change your life. You changed your life. I was just there as a guide to hold space for you to really see all that was already there for you to step into. Wonderful. Thank you for that reminder and for saying that because I was thinking about this this morning. And so I've always been really connected to source and spirit and my angels and my ancestors and higher beings since I was little. I would talk to them and they would talk to me and I I grew up really feeling different because of that. And I've obviously found my tribe and, and my community here. But when I found your work, I honestly felt less alone and felt very much understood and, and seen by the work that you're doing in the world. So you're right. It has always been inside of me. And it was a reminder coming across your work and especially your book. So I read your book while I was writing my book in Costa Rica. So I got a book deal last year myself and I'm launching my book. Thank you. It's called B and it's all about stepping into your authentic power as a strategy for success in business and in life. Love it. And I was, yeah. And I was down there reading your book and there were lots of parts of your book, obviously that, that resonated, but there's this one particular section in your book that I would like to read a passage from for everyone listening. Cause I think it truly encapsulates the work that I'm doing and the work that you're doing, we're doing the same thing in very different ways, very, very different ways and different modalities. But this is the essence of what I am trying to communicate to my clients and the people that I serve. Excellent. So the section is called The Void. And if I may just read some of these paragraphs, okay? What we shamans call the unknown is what physicists refer to as the void. The infinite space of pure potential in which all things are imagined, created, and made manifest. The unknown is where all the magic happens. Anyone who brings something new to the planet has to go to the unknown to get it. All of civilization's great inventors and innovators and visionaries had to break free from the shackles of the matrix to get to the unknown. They had to rebel. They were the outcasts and the black sheep. They faced emotional and mental exile to break free of their programming and to break free of the status quo and to step into the unknown so that they could fulfill their purpose and enrich the world with their offerings. People are afraid to take responsibility as quantum creators because throughout history, everyone who has stepped up to the plate and taken their position on the front line has been demonized as an outcast, a pariah, and has endured a bunch of conflict before meeting some tragic bloody end. Look what happened to Gandhi and to Martin Luther King Jr. and to JFK, all because they were willing to speak out against the matrix and to fight for truth and freedom. So people are afraid to speak the truth and people are afraid to bring attention to themselves and people are afraid to make waves and people are afraid to meet their power. But the reality is shifting. It is no longer just one person leading the masses and changing the world. It is all of us stepping into that place of leadership together. They might be able to take out one person, but they sure as hell can't take out millions of us. That's right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. We are waking, waking yes. up the planet right here. Fuck yes. Yeah. I hear that. I feel like the air guitar. Like I'm playing the air guitar at the end of that last bit. It's true. What does it mean <laughs> to be a quantum creator? 
So to be a quantum creator is to be able to expand your awareness to realizing that a career doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a career. The aspect of reality or your reality versus someone else's reality is based on your perception. And so being a quantum creator is understanding all of the many different aspects of your being and their need and desire to bring their light and service into the world through whatever modality that would be. So when you step into that space, you realize, oh, it's not about me finding the career that's right for me. It's about basically where do I let my expression of my totality, my beingness, my, the, the part of my being that is the divine to be able to shine through all these different ways and the way that it wants to in the most authentic way, meaning that it's easy, it's effortless, it's fun, it's expansive, it's joyful, and it feels good, right? You don't feel this like, I'm doing this and I'm uncomfortable or I feel stagnant or I feel tired or I feel pressured. And so when you step into being a quantum creator, you begin to understand what it means to, to create your energy on coexisting levels. And that means that you can create it through other people. You can create it through you tapping into many different um, faculties of service on the planet you know, you could be one having a business here and then another where you're doing charity here and another one you're singing and, and singing and sharing yourself on, on a, at a place at night where you sing or you do poetry readings or whatever it may be, right? There's no, there's no limit to the expansive and creative, um, you know, components that you have available to yourself. And so that's what a quantum creator means to me. I love it. Now, I would love for you to explain this concept of quantum realities. Okay, so most human beings see themselves as a single cell organism, literally a body, a mind, an emotion, and they're this being and that's who they are and that's what they believe themselves to be. And of course you would in a system that looks third dimensional and you operate in a one field um, reality, which is, you know, uh, my name is Derek, your name is Sue or John or Bob or San Juan or, or, you know, whoever, Susie or whoever it may be. The thing is the reality of existence means that you can't exist in this dimension alone. In order to be in this dimension, you must exist in all other dimensions as well. So the subparticle content of your being, which is basically blinking in and out of existence, which science calls the quarks and nodes of your body, which they don't understand where it's going and how it's coming back, is sharing energy with another aspect of yourself that exists not only on this planet, but also exists in other dimensions as well. And the simultaneous awareness of that is what people call their past lives. But in truth, it's just other spirits who've shared their essence with you. Kind of like if you ever seen the movie Being John Malkovich, I really love that movie because it really defines the truth about the human being is that there's many spirits living in us. So you might come across someone who, you know, and I, one time I did a class on about past lives and, you know, three people in the class thought they were Cleopatra. And so one woman said, well, how do we know who's the real Cleopatra? And I'm like, well, they all were because your spirit isn't held into one container. It can move like every drop of water into that glass is a soul. And so can you imagine how many drops of water you can fill in one vessel? A lot. But some of them you might not even be aware that are there because your awareness is not taught to, to look for them. So they're just living through you, through synthesis and information and energy. And then as you move on, they become other beings with the knowledge that you, they gained from your life. And so we're all connected and the tree is connected and the flower is connected 
and the earth and animals and everything. So when we think we're not really affecting life, it's really funny that people have that idea or that notion because we are affecting life in everything that we do. Let me give you an example. Let's say, for instance, I'm a person who has gone through a lot of struggle when it has come to like making money and being professional and being able to hold grounding space on the planet Earth and create something that's substantial for myself, right? And then I overcome it. Well, the aspect of me being quantum allows other people on the planet who are also going through the same thing to be lessened and their path to be easily open because I took the steps to actually to go into that space. So every time we do anything on ourselves, be it change our diet, take care of ourselves, love ourselves, nurture ourselves, make space for ourselves, create something, overcome something, meet a challenge with love, we are actually doing that for the masses. And this is not just here on planet Earth. This is also existing in outer realms of our galaxy. So our impact is a really huge impact. The rippling effects are astronomically huge, more so than you could ever calculate mathematically. And so the consciousness of evolution is in knowing how do we get out of the complex reality that we've created for ourselves known as duality through the separation of the feminine and masculine, which is not, uh, which is actually creating the chaos theory on our planet, which is why we have war, destruction, decay, uh, desecration, hate, violence, you know, malice, all these different things. Because the feminine and masculine were never meant to be separated. And so when they're separated, it creates a disillusionment. And that disillusionment comes in because we as human beings like to polarize either one or the other idea. Like we'll say women versus men, gay versus straight, this versus that. And the truth of the matter is they're just existing energies. But if we don't put them back into synergy, then we suffer. And so the consciousness of us is in everyone's consciousness. We have aspects of ourselves in every human being and every plant and every mineral and every imprint of life is within us. And so is every bacteria and every fungi and everything you can imagine is within us. And it's our choice to decide to bring consciousness or bring um, emotional connection to it or not. And that's why I always say like to some of my students, I'll be like, look, if you want to um, have Martin Luther King's wisdom, download it into your being. It's already there. So you all you have to do is just bring your consciousness to it and bring it through. And that's why truly it's a gift to recognize yourself as this quantum being, because you don't have these structures that the world would like to make you believe you have. Right. It's part of the matrix. Can you explain more about the matrix? Absolutely. So the matrix is a system that was designed a long, long, long time ago. Like you're talking ancient days by a group of people who realized that if they were to share everything in the world, that they feel that there would not be an understanding of acknowledgement for what they have. So they've created a system that creates slaves. Now, the system of the matrix is run by the underworld, which means that the spirits in the darkness, the ones who've lost their bodies, who died, who won't go to the light, who refuse to go to the light because they're afraid of taking responsibility for the things they did when they did have a human body, have gone to this realm where they stay and they look for commonalities in people and then attach to them and share their dysfunctional stories with them. And then people get these negative thoughts in their head and they think it's them thinking those negative thoughts. They don't realize that it's actually the disembodied spirit who's sharing its story in hopes that either one, 
you will redeem it by giving it love and sending it to the light so it can find a way to bring resolution to its unfinished story, or you join it. So that's kind of the key element here. It's like either you join the darkness or you transform the darkness, but it's never about destroying or killing or annihilating because that's not the aspect of God or spirit and divinity. It's always about transform and, and, and to lift and to shift. And so when we get into understanding the matrix, we understand that these beings have gotten into the minds of different people on the planet. And in order for these beings realm of darkness to exist, Remember, light is the only continuum that is. And in order for light to change, it takes free will. That means that you have to have light coming through your body and then think against your own power. That means like, instead of saying, I'm a being of love and amazing things, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm not this, I'm not that, you immediately are drawing darkness in because you're basically taking your presence of divinity, which is to be all powerful and amazing and have love and joy and happiness and opulence and bliss, which is heaven on earth. Instead, you're going against the grain by flipping your power against yourself by saying things that are going destructive ways because you are a creator. You're a co-creator with the creator. So it's giving you full permission to create as you choose. So the matrix, basically these beings in this realm, they need that energy they need darkness in order to sustain their realm. And how do they get it? Through fear, through when you, when you put yourself down, uh, when, you, when you have unresolved anger that you don't turn into passion and purpose to create change on the planet, when you are holding grudges, when you are criticizing, judging, or any of these things, you're creating the love consciousness to go against itself, not only for yourself, but for your brothers and sisters. And so what they do is they feed from that energy. So the matrix is built as a system to keep you in codependency. Its job is to make sure you follow a linear projection, that you're not, you don't have emotional intelligence, so you can't understand what's really going on because you're reacting so much to fear and to not having the answer. So you go into fear. Because remember, all fear is, is you not having the full story or you not having the information to understand what you're actually looking at and experiencing, right? So their whole thing is to limit your ability to understand, limit your ability to connect and associate that understanding in a loving way. So they create discord, war, rumors of war. You know, it's the thing that Caesar said, you know, give them cheap bread and give them the arena and they'll never know what the Republic does. And I wrote that in the book because it's very, it's very pivotal to where we are in our evolution. Entertainment industry, you know, constantly keeping us in, uh, reacting to all the things with the war and the guns and the bombs and the this and things that are happening in other countries. Keeping us constantly in this fear feeds the matrix and then allows them to create new government systems to enslave us even more. And so the, our job as these powerful beings is to navigate through the matrix and understand that we don't need to be slaves to a system. We need to educate ourselves and change the system to give us our independence. So students in school don't need to be learning history. They need to learn how to be able to change the things we did in history. They don't need to learn about mathematics when we have calculators because they can just type and figure it out. They need to learn how to be sustainable and how to be independent, how to deal with their taxes, how to handle life. Because we are a functional group of people 
who don't know how to function unless someone tells us how. And that's a scary thing. That means that like we could lose all technology tomorrow and all everything goes down and there's no more grocery stores and half the population will be fighting because the ones who know how to hunt and know how to grow their own crops and knows how to survive will be the more greater, uh, the new, uh, what we would call the new celebs or the new power source because they have the resources and the survival abilities where everyone else doesn't. But so right now it's based on money and power and social position, but it can shift very quickly. And that's all based on the matrix. And that's also based on our ability to, to step into evolution as spiritual beings, which means beings that are operating in evolution. And operating from a place of self-love and self-worth and self-empowerment, which is so much at the core of my my work. And when people come to my business to help build their platforms, it really starts with this mindset shift of believing not only what they have to say is worth saying, but understanding the responsibility and saying it and putting themselves out there. And you talk a lot about social media in your book. You talk a lot about the toxicity of it, which is totally real. But I also think that it's when you can harness it with authenticity and in service, it is a really powerful tool for good. And what I love about what you just said is imagine if that if it all went away, if the lights went out, technology stopped. Yes, it's about understanding how to survive and thrive, but people forget that who we are on the internet needs to be the same as who we are offline. And building that integration of authenticity to me is quote unquote personal branding done done right. That's the business that I'm in. But I, I call myself a personal empowerment company disguised as a personal branding company because what I really do is wake people up to find that synergy. And I would love to know, because I know you work one-on-one with people in a very different way. How do you unlock that in people? So- I would say, you know, and I want to go with what you were saying about your about what you do and everything, right? So the consciousness of 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 anything that is about bringing something to the forefront or into society or community is the same that it is in tribal culture, right? So in tribal culture, you have a tribe, and each member of that tribe holds a position for that tribe. Some are the weavers, some are the hunters, some are the gatherers, some are the teachers. Some of the ones who help with the mothers, some with the ones that, you know, help with the crops. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's all kinds of different things, right? But if one person who does what they do in the tribe falls down, the whole tribe falls down, right? And so it's the shaman's position to make sure that spirituality, which means evolution, is instilled within the people. So looking at ways to keep them in a space of recognizing their own autonomy but also how they actually support each other in, in kind. So the consciousness of humanity has always been about me, 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 me. Let me get my house. Let me get my car. Let me have the fancy clothes. Let me get my Gucci and my Prada and my this and my Louis Vuittons and whatever it may be, my Ferrari, my Aston Martin, like whatever it may be, because that's going to make me feel safe. But that's not safe anymore because I, I have a lot of people who are the, um, that, that come to me and sit with me who are billionaires, millionaires, you know, own Fortune 500 companies, and they're miserable, you know? And it's because they fought so much to get to this top, they thought was like what they needed to do to feel safe. If I could just get there, have the money, have the house, have the place in the Hamptons, have the place in, in Monaco, have all of these things, I'm gonna be happy. When in truth, um, their happiness really comes from, and true human happiness comes from service. 
And so how do we create that? By being true to who we are, right? And true to who we are means that without, without, you know, kind of putting it down or finding anything wrong with it or comparing ourselves to anyone else, because you can't be compared to anyone else. There's only one you and there only will be one you. And it doesn't matter how many times you mathematically try to use every type of equation for, for executing an idea of how you could actually be back on this planet again in the exact way that you are, it's impossible. So the consciousness of truth is to live your life as you are in the biggest way you can, because that means you are bringing greatness to everyone else. So when you are actually withholding who you are and your essence, your truth, then you are actually not supporting the people. And so the key element is in the past, we've always built and created for the sake of our own self. And now we are coming out of the me, me, me to the we, we, we. And the we is if everything that I'm doing, does it support the all-inclusive nature of humanity? Nature, animals, what? What is it that I'm doing that's creating greatness for everyone around me? Because, you know, you can create something in life, but it has to literally pour into other people's vessels for it to be successful. And so when you go into that mindset, when I sit down with people individually, I'm not sitting down with people. They're sitting down with themselves. And what I do is create a container of unconditional love and acceptance, non-judgment, giving them some really amazing tools to be able to navigate themselves back to themselves without fear of, if I'm me, will I be connected to others? Because if you think about it and remember this, this understanding, most of human life is based on connection or rejection. So the idea of connection is the reality that people have when they say, well, you know, I feel connected to this. I feel connected to that. They're willing to talk to that person, put invest in that person. They're willing to you listen to that person's stories or feel something in common with that person. I mean, most people's friendships are based upon commonalities that they both share, that they feel safe with each other because they feel that they've shared those things. The reality of human beings is that humans need to feel acceptance in order to give acceptance. And that consciousness is not supportive because what we're doing is we're target marketing those who look like us and feel like us and think like us. And we're leaving out a huge portion of people who could benefit from us because we're different and we add something new. And therefore, we bring a new sunshine and a new cloud, a new idea. Right. And that's why you see in like Aboriginal tribes, they do walkabouts and like a lot of different shamanic uh, tribal culture. They'll send a group of people to leave the tribe and, and go away for a while and go explore the world and then come back and tell the tribe what they've learned so they can continue to thrive, right? But then you look at, you look at cultures like the Mayan culture, the Toltec culture, they weren't allowed to do that. So that's why they perished because they weren't able to sustain their civilization because they were doing the same thing, the same thing, and the same thing. And the same, same is lame, lame. <laughs> This is true. You talk about this in your book. You have like a spirit hack where you advise us to go up to someone at a party that doesn't look like us, doesn't sound like us, doesn't dress like us, and to ask really meaningful questions. And it's so simple and it's yet so profound. So talk more about the blackout. Is this shift that's occurring, 
that we're all waking up to the fact that this is a problem, the way that we're operating in these me, 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 same, same, same mindsets and consciousness is shifting. And that's happening right now or it's it's about to happen? So yeah, it's been, hap- it's been happening since 9-11. So the blackout goes in increments and stages. So right now we're in the stage of narcissism. Um, so right now people are having to either choose narcissism as a way to self-reflect and understand their brand and who they are by looking at all the things they actually like and put their energy to their time to, and their energy, um, you know, focus to, you know, like I always tell people when they say things to me, like that doesn't resonate with me. I'm like, obviously it does. Cause you're focusing on it. So the reality of finding one's truth is to actually see the narcissism which is what we're coming through. So everyone's all about like social media and likes and like, look how cool I am. Look at what I buy. Look what I wear. You know, look at Look how amazing it is that I can do a handstand and do yoga and drink green smoothies and like whatever it may be, you know, it doesn't matter. There's no judgment because at the end of the day, and this is what I tell people, no matter what, you can look at fake people. You can say that person's fake, whatever. At the end of the day, everyone wants the same thing. It's to be seen, to be loved and to be acknowledged and to be accepted. It's a human yearning. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't get upset with people who choose to wear their Louis Vuittons. I'm just simply saying, don't put your Louis Vuittons in front of your evolution. Use your Louis Vuittons as a stepping scale to recognizing your own inner power, your own autonomy. So let those Louis Vuittons make you happy so that your happiness carries over to everyone else. Not let those Louis Vuittons make you happy so you think you're better than everyone and put everyone down and look down at people. That doesn't support humanity. Right? So there's ways for us to get into that space. So when we think about where we are in the blackout, the blackout is a journey that we're going through that we have to make a conscious decision to make changes and very quickly, And um, to just to be honest, uh, because the world itself, the earth can only take so much dissonant re- discord and chaos before Gaia, the mother father planet that we're on, the synergized planet has to change its geographical forms and create earthquakes and floods and all this to clean out all of that energy. And then we won't be able to have a planet to thrive on. I think about this all the time. I do. I think about this all the time. It's so real. You know, like you have Greta Thunberg going around saying, tell everyone, save the earth, save the earth, save the earth. But the reality is, and I love you, Greta. I love you. However, the earth is fine. It's not about saving the earth. It's save the humans. And really the message is, change yourself and change the earth. Because if we become stewards onto ourselves and we become graceful and loving and nurturing upon ourselves, grateful for that which we have, our breath, our eyes, our ability to walk and be mobile, when we have that ability, we are able to then minister that to other people and to the earth itself. So no one's going to pick up soda cans and stop littering and stuff like that if that's what they're doing in their own life. So if you teach a person how to become, uh, to, uh, to really embody self-love as a principle of evolution versus it just be like some kind of new age thing that they get into, okay, I read a book on self-love, I'm going to make some changes and then go back the way I was, which is like the boomerang effect, right? So it's the consciousness of self-love as a principle for evolution. I can't live my life without self-love, nor can I live my life without acknowledging my greatness and my beauty and that which I have to pour into other people. The same way you brush your teeth or take a shower, it's a part of your lifestyle choice. So your lifestyle choice should always be self-love for evolution. And then it changes us to get rid of the pollution. Because when we have self-love for evolution, then we have the knowledge, the wisdom, and the experience 
to get rid of the pollution. And that's how we save the earth. Amazing. Can we talk about the age of narcissism for a sec? You said recently on some podcast that it's endings in the next two years. What's next? So what comes after narcissism is literally the expansion of service and consciousness. So this is where we actually begin to meet with the fears that we have of being ridiculed and laughed at and told we're crazy. And like, this is where we get to finally meet that monster, right? That we've, that we've created within ourselves, right? Because most human beings like to hide behind the curtain or hide are kind of like, they, they play like in and out, like, okay, I'm in it, but I don't want anyone to know. You know, like I always hear from uh, my woman clients to always be like, oh my God, if my husband knew I was seeing you, Shaman Durek, I mean, he would just go crazy. You know, Why? things like this. Because a lot of people are afraid of being open to the world that they hear spirits or experience these types of things or get chills at the back of their neck and they know it's energy running through their body versus just them being scared. So the thing is, the age of narcissism is there on two counts. It's one, let's look and see what's beneath the surface. I mean, that's why you have people like Trump in office, which I talk about in the book. We call it in shamanism, the great agitators. Great agitators always come when there's a revolution about to start. It means that they come to stir the pot, and that's all they're there to do is stir the pot. Make everyone irritated and agitated and frustrated so that you can get out all the things that you've been holding on to anyway. I mean, I can't tell you how many powerful women have stepped up to the plate since Trump has come into office when these friends of mine were not doing God knows what and just calling themselves goddesses and walking around like, oh, you know, it's all about women power. I'm like, really? Because you're not doing anything with it. And then all of a sudden Trump comes in the office and they're like gung-ho, they're getting groups, they're doing meetings, you know? Totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, the women's – I have so much to say about this. So the women's march took place obviously like right after he was elected that summer. And I can really identify with this as a women entrepreneur, self-empowered, quote unquote, for most of my life. But it really, really didn't happen until the summer. After he was elected, 2017, it was August, it was the – full solar eclipse when this the moon like fully eclipsed the sun over the United States. It was the Western Hemisphere, the first time in 100 years that happened, first time and only time in my lifetime. And it was, I swear to fucking God, I went to bed that night. I woke up the next morning and I felt like I woke up. I was going down the path of partnering with a very male-dominated company. They yeah. wanted to take away a lot of my power. I had a team that I was building underneath them. I went fucking rogue and I was like, I can do all of this myself. This was three and a half years, about three years ago. And my business took off. Like I exploded. I found my new power. Like my whole life changed. And yes, he is the great, he is a great agitator, but that, that was a planetary shift. I assume, and you would probably know this better than I do, but that was, that was needing to happen. That was predicted and about to happen anyway. And it just, took a, an antagonist for it to, to push forward. But that was when Harvey Weinstein broke out. That's when all of these like natural disasters started happening. It was like Mother Earth like calling, like, we are waking up. And I couldn't resonate with that more because it, it actually happened to me precisely. Yeah, you became an activated woman. And I tell that's what women need to be, activated women. Because think about it. Women have an old wound, Okay. That wound is the matrix programmed the world against you because you have the ability to see quantumly. 
That means that you can see both inner and outer workings. That means that you can walk in the room and see what everyone needs and know what, where things need to be and where the exits are and what everything is going on. And the same thing in, in nature. You know, it's the female animals that sense danger before the danger even comes. It's always the male animals that are getting, you know, getting uh, trapped because... The female energy is supposed to be the weaver of life. They see how to sustain life. So, but the thing is, the matrix knows that if women were in power, then a lot of things would be dismantled, like bombs and guns and things that are actually hurting life instead of supporting life. So what did they, so what does the matrix do? It makes it so that the money gets put into the man's hand. And that women then have to become subservient in order to survive. They need to go to the man to get their hand out for their lifestyle or for their survival. And so women got comfortable in it. Right. Totally. Right. And that comfortable, um, which is uncomfortable, has caused an imbalance because now you have that patriotic system where women are really in order for us to fix the planet. We have to shift currency, which means money into women's hands so they don't feel codependent yes that's how true relationship will uh, will support them because if they go into a relationship and get married and have a, a person who's there and that's the person who has the money then they lose all their power because they're they go, then go into this subservient role of codependency which is like, let me be the best wife. Let me be the best girlfriend. Let me be the best this, because maybe then you'll take care of me and support me. So self-independence isn't just women standing up and saying, I'm a goddess and I'm a powerful woman. It's like, put the money in your hands. (laughs) Totally. Right? And so we can really fix this situation because as long as money sits in man's hands, he has the voice to speak about what gets created without the feminine interjection of why the hell are we even creating that? That's going to kill billions of people. Right. Right. And it's, it's so true. It's, and it's the intuitive understanding. And like you said, but so I run a company of 10 people. It's a small business, but it's, you know, I, I have a team. I have a company that I'm, I'm building people under my roof and under my watch. And I have learned through my experience of empowering myself financially and being able to grow my company, that I can lead a business from my heart, that I can be a very effective boss. I can be a very effective vendor to a client using the power of love. And that is, a, I think, a, a secret sauce to my success that sounds like, well, not to you, but like super woo-woo if I talk about that with like the patriarchy and I'm, I've got a mission to bring more humanity into business. Like that's really what I'm trying to do with my work. Cause it's so not business trying. oriented. Not trying. You're doing. I am as this is true. I fucking love it. And it's, it's really, I prove it to myself every day that the things can be done differently. And my, I guess the question that I have for you is this rebalancing of the masculine and the feminine. I mean, do you think this is actually a possibility in our lifetime? Like, will this truly recalibrate? I don't look at it as a rebalancing, as more of an acceptance. Understanding that if you look at a plant, right, the outline and the structure of that plant was created by the masculine energy. The design, the beauty, the internal, the leaf, the self, the life inside the leaf is the feminine. And so the two cannot exist together. 
So it's synergy. So it's not about balancing anything. Who wants to balance anything? If we balance something, we're still going to have chaos because there's still a quantum entanglement that takes place. It's still the Chinese finger trap that I talk about in spirit hacking. So what we want to do is we want to get into synergy. Synergy has to be the golden word for our evolution on planet Earth. Synergize, synergize. That's why I love Gem in the Holograms. Synergize, synergy. You know, it's like <laughs> love her, <laughs> right? She's amazing. She was my favorite. <laughs> oh, mine too. I love the pink hair too because pink's one of my favorite star- colors. Oh, me too. And like, she was a rock star. She played. I loved that it. Was my my archetype goddess growing up. That's so fun. That was my go-to cartoon, and She-Ra as well. But the thing is, is that like Gem. In the holograms, right? Synergy. To synergize things is the way that we're supposed to be. And that's the reason why you have all of these inflections of differences that are showing up because the extremes are showing up because it's showing us we're not synergizing. So when we synergize, we actually get things back, not in balance, but into their true purpose, into their true state. The feminine cannot exist without the masculine because the feminine is the weaver the masculine communicates to the feminine how to create the design the intricate structure the same way that the fungi and the earth keep the earth going and the macro the microbes and the bacteria and all these different things are all supporting one another same with your own body system it's all supporting one another right you can't have too much water in your body or you will die Right. So you have to have a balanced amount of water, but you also have to have a balanced amount of air and electrolytes and all these different things to create a synergy that allows your mitochondria to to increase, that allows your brain function to be activated so that your synapses is in your electrodes are firing off. And it allows your body to be able to move. So you have fire so that it brings the muscles in the body to move and gives you energy and inertia. You can't have everything in your, the whole universe is showing us that synergy is the key. But to get to that space, we have to get out of the wound. It's the same thing I talk about with relationships, the wound. It's like we keep going around in the world, getting triggered by people and then attacking people. Instead of looking at what these triggers are, they're ours heal them, and then apologize for your reaction and close the wound. So the wound that we have to heal now, that women have this whole thing with the like men versus women. Like I'm happy that women have a voice. I support their voice to finally speak out about the injustices that I have seen women go through both sexually and on all multiple levels. Like, I mean, it's not even just sexually. It's like you're talking in the workplace. You're talking in, in, in every aspect of life. However, women have to heal their own wound against each other. Because what they'll do is say, oh, it's the man, it's the man, it's the man, it's the man. First of all, you have to understand something about men. Men treat you as you treat you. They see it, men operate in linear form. So they watch how you treat yourself and they follow in kind. If you were a woman who was like loving on yourself, telling you, wording yourself up every day, telling yourself how amazing you are, how beautiful you are, you're always at the right place. Every time you walk in the room, you light up the room. People love the wisdom that you share. People, you know, things come to you easily and effortlessly. And you're just this person who's just living life in this way. You couldn't have a dysfunctional man standing next to you, putting you down because it wouldn't make sense. 
So the universe would then create a magnetic charge and separate you. So when a woman says to me, oh, my husband cheated on me, I'm like, baby, you've been cheating on yourself since day one. Every time you put all those creative things away, it's made it all about him and the kids and forgot about all your autonomy and your independence and what you represent, you cheated on yourself. So he's now just showing you what it feels like. So you could feel that pain of why I wasn't good enough. It wasn't about why I wasn't good enough. It's why you weren't good enough for yourself to give yourself the love, the nurturing, the words, and the kindness so that you can be the best that you can be and live your best life. So the key element to healing is women have to heal within their self, their sisterhood, judging each other, uh-huh. sizing each other up Yes. to get what? To get the man because he holds the money. But that's shifting. Of course it's shifting. Yeah. That's, so, that's, that's what's so awesome. Yeah. It is such an exciting time to be a woman. Such an exciting time. And, and the education of men. I've been teaching men worldwide about women and helping them understand the feminine in them so that they can nurture the feminine outside of them. I say that all, I say all the time that men inside of their feminine hearts will help to heal the world. There's nothing sexier than a man who can cry, who can, who can, who can oscillate back and forth between emotions and not make apologies for it, who can convey vulnerability while also holding masculine energy. Like that doesn't yeah. d- take away from the other, like you said, it's a synergy. I love that word. And it, you really speak to a lot of what I've come to learn, to be frank, with my relationship. I t- dated the most toxic, abusive, psychologically abusive men, cheated on me, like put me down for years. And then I got out of relationships, worked on myself. I was single for three years, did a ton of fucking work and learned to love myself in a real way. And that's when I met my now husband who was attracted to me for all of those reasons. And I mean, nothing's perfect. We're married for seven years. We've got, you know, we've got our stuff, but he is my best friend, the best partner I could have ever, ever found. And it's because I loved myself first and he rose up to meet me there. That's right. And that's how I am with my girlfriend too. You know, my girlfriend says to me, uh, I'll tell her, you know what, honey, I messed up. I said something I shouldn't have said. I'm sorry. Or if she pisses me off, I'll be like, babe, I'm so angry right now. I need to leave the room. I, it's about you hit a trigger. I need to look at what a trigger is, what's why it's happening. And then I deal with it and I come back and I'm like, this is what my trigger was. I'm sorry for the way I spoke to you. And then sometimes I come in the room and I'm like, honey, can you just open your arms? I need to cry for a couple hours in your arms like a baby. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And you guys like, seem so great. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. you. Guys just, no, seriously. You seem so, so in love. So perfect for each other. Really? No, it's great. As long as we, it's, it's the outer stuff we're dealing with that makes it a, quite a challenge for us. Yeah. You talked about that on a recent podcast and I felt, I felt it. I can only, I can't even imagine what that must be like, but it sounds like you're navigating it as a team, which is key. Yeah. It's key. It's just, it's just that why do we have to navigate it? It's, that's the whole yeah. thing. It's like, when I think about Megan and Harry and I was like, and they were saying that they're like oh, walking man. away. I was like, I don't blame them. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Me too. You know, Me too. Like, God bless like, them. I get it. Like we get it, you know? And it's, it's just that the media will do everything they can to make me and her constantly have to go through their craziness. Um, and, and so it's a navigation. It's like, and that's the same thing too. It's like when you rise into a, a public position your way of conduct and the way in which you do things, it makes you more mindful about the things you say, the way that you operate in public, 
what what is your real focus it shows you like who your real friends are who your what your real focus is like where are you putting your real energy and the only reason why i'm talking about this is not just to talk about it and be like oh let me just throw this in there but i talk about this because a lot of people who are listening you know will get to that position or at that position of building themselves up where they can become on Fast Company magazine and become a, a well-known company and become well, you know, in the eye of the public. And, you know, when you're in the eye of the public, you know, you really start to go, okay, whoa, like, um, where am I putting my energy? Who am I putting my energy with? Why am I going to lunch with this person? You know, what does this person want from me? Like, what is this about? Do I have time for this? You know, you got a team. Yeah, I have like assistants. I have, you know, publicists. What, what do I have to do? I have to go to this charity event. Do I really like this charity? Am I really putting it there? Or am I doing it for publicity? You know, you really start to learn more about yourself because you want to be a fine. You want to be more, I call it being refined. You want to be more refined because now you're, you're being looked at as you're creating your, your brand out to the world. Yes. Yes. I want to double click into this for a second. Something I'm really, really working on this year because it's as I've become busier, I've had to be more selective with my time and I've had to draw bigger boundaries. And there's still this part of me that feels bad about it or that I'm being a diva or that the word like diva is kind of a, a, a shadow that I'm afraid of, of embodying. And mm. it's, it's more like I've been playing with the archetype of the priestess who, who's in equanimity and detachment, not because she's better than anyone else or there's any ego there, but because she needs to be a channel. She needs to keep herself clear. Devotion, yes. Devotion. She has work to do and to make no apologies for that. And that is something I feel like on a small level, I've been apologizing for, for a long time, like how bright I do shine. And that is my that's my purpose. That's my gift. And it's also my responsibility. And in order to get my job done, I've got to say no. I've got to self-select friends and not go to events and take way more time for myself and keep those really close to me that much more cherished and protected inside of a crystal bubble, I say. And I think people feel like, or at least people I talk to, my friends, people I see in the world, people I'm trying to serve, they feel bad about that. They feel bad about being big and powerful because that means that someone else won't be, and that's not at all the case. And I think the more we step into that sense of reverence and security, the the bigger of an example that we can be. And that is that's the domino effect of awakening that that I'm trying to to create with my work, not and trying. helping other people. You're creating. Thank you. I need to do a session with you, man. I'm serious. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, so I've been on my list for the longest time. But and I, and you said you said something really briefly that I want to touch on, and I want to um, I want to be mindful of time. But I I do want to just go quickly into this idea of when you sit down with people as your clients, you're not they're not sitting down with you, they're sitting down with themselves. Mm-hmm. But you are a shaman, and you see things, and you know things, and you you hear things, and how does that work? I mean. Do other people's spirits communicate with you? Do you have to call them out? I mean, I, all of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you have a team that you came to earth with and they talk to me and then I ask for permission, like to do things like friends is like, a, let, let's take a look. Um, can I have permission to go into your body system and into your emotional body? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. So let me do that. 
Mm, okay. So just right off the bat, right there, okay? So your lower abdominal, your intestines, your stomach, there's a misalignment there. Your abdominal area in your stomach is creating inflammation and gas. And there is a bloating going on in the lower part of your abdominal that has, it comes and goes. It's like sporadic. And when you, when I went into your stomach area, your microbiome is not in balance. So it means that your system, your hormonal system can go off kilter sometimes. So it'll be like great for like a week. And then all of a sudden within the third week or something, you're just like, okay, why do I feel like I'm tired? Why do I feel like I'm feeling these energies in my body where I just don't really want to have the energy or the inertia. Then you try to push yourself and then you push yourself through it and then it creates more stress in your body because your body is going through a cycling of like, how can we find our equilibrium again? And you're trying to like do things while your body's trying to find equilibrium. So then what it does is it makes you not sleep. So you can't get your mind cannot get the rest that you need because you're, then what it does is it activates your neurological system and it starts turning those wheels and all of a sudden you're like oh my god I, why do i feel like i can't sleep now just off the top of the thing let me just create a heat sensor into your body do you give me permission to do that uh, yes i do okay hold on let me do that tell me when you feel the heat i feel the heat great okay now i'm going to move it into your back because you have a part in your back where you have underneath your scapula you've been having issues can i move it to this area Yes. Okay. And also in your left shoulder blade where you've been carrying a lot of that stress in the back of your neck where that's been bothering you as well. Can I move it into that area as well? Yes. Okay. And do I have permission to pull that energy out of your mouth and send it back to the light and clear it from your system? Yes. Okay. Let me go ahead and do that. Good. And can you feel that energy that's coming out of your breath right now? Yes, I do. Okay. That's the stuff you've been holding on to. Now, I just read the codes that were coming out of your mouth, and those codes basically represent the part of you that feels that you have to monitor everyone nonstop. So even though you are the boss, you still don't have 100% trust that everyone is going to do everything they're supposed to do. So what you're doing is you're doing what I call a hawk circle. You're activated into everyone's energy field simultaneously using quantum energy. And then you're tuning into all of the things they're doing, which is so much, it takes that, I mean, honey, can I just tell you something? That takes so much energy because the amount of fear that that generates is so frustrating because that means that you're monitoring the fact that they're going to do what they need to do, which doesn't allow you to be able to take that time to throw yourself back and go, you know what, I'm going to let go and just know that the engine is going on its own because I'm safe. You haven't built, the engine isn't strong enough for you yet. So you're doing this hot circle, which we call it, sitting above and looking at everyone all simultaneously. And it's literally causing anxiety inside of you. And your body doesn't like it. Your body does not like it. It's putting too much inflammation in your pelvic region, your lower pelvic floor. It's causing stress in your upper um, shoulder blades. It's making it very difficult for you to tap into certain psychic awarenesses that you have because you're highly psychic. You were when you were a little girl because you used to get visited by this one angel that used to always come into your room and sit at the edge of your bed. And this angel 
opened up your psychic ability at a very young age. That's why you were always quiet and staring at everyone and peeping around the corner (laughs) because that angel gave you the ability to see the truth in situations very quickly and the ability to see what choices people can make and how it can lead them to places. But because you're so tapped into other people's energies, every choice they make affects you. So when they make a wrong path and hit the wall, you hit the wall. And so, so it's like you're feeling every effect of every person you're circling with in your with that hawk medicine, right? Which means that bird's eye view, and you're being affected by it, my dear. And that's dangerous because that puts you in a place where you can't really take yourself to the next, next level because it means that the engine, you're going to constantly, to get to the next level, you have to be the, you have to be on the top where you only get things filtered to you that are really important. And then you create a base of people who do what they do that you can trust so much that you can lay back and know that if you took a a one month vacation, things are still going. And this is what your being is asking for. So that's just kind of a sample of what I do. Thank you so much for that. That was unreal. Spot on. I feel bloated all the time, Shaman Turek. For the record, I don't sleep through the night. I say I don't micromanage my people, but and I like I don't technically, but I do energetically. I guess. Oh no, you do. You're tapped in. You're tapped in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I really am. And I and I feel like when I walk into my office every day, and I have the most amazing team. But I, you do. I feel like I, I, I have the most amazing team. I, it's like energetic barbed wire. Like yes. I just, I feel so raw walking into my office, like in the morning, like all eyes are on me. But it's like maybe it's like my eyes are on them and. But I don't really mean to for it to be. Okay, this is not about finding wrong with it. This is about uh, so again. This is shamanism. So shamanism, we don't sit there and beat up on ourselves while we're going through our process of transformation. This is about oh, this is so interesting what I'm doing. How fascinating! And then you, you, <laughs> you know, and it's just like you know, you just kind of like just let yourself be aware of it without being harsh on it, you know. And then that's how you actually shift into changing because then you ask yourself the question like, what is it that I'm not trusting yet? And then you pull up that, then you ask your ego, ego, what is the thing I'm holding on to that a narrative that I'm holding on to that makes it so I am constantly operating in this field? And then the ego will tell you. And then if you don't like it, say ego, detach from that and then create a new narrative. You tell the ego what you want to create and then say, watch like this, say ego. Ego. Um, detach me from the narrative that something is going to go wrong. Detach me from the narrative that something is going to go wrong. When you have detached from it. When I have detached no, from say it. Say ego. Say ego. When oh. you have completed the detachment. Ego. When you have completed the detachment. Send tingles through my body. Send tingles through my body. I just felt tingles. Of course you did. Welcome to shamanism. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I, it's so it's so legit. And your and your book is filled with all of these hacks, spirit hacks, and how to do this stuff yourself. And I I have actually done a few. And I I DM'd some things to you while I was in Costa Rica. I was like, I talked to my shadow, and it talked back to me, and I gave it love, and it gave me love, and it was like. It's real. This is so, and it's really amazing to work firsthand with you on this. Thank you for that, that sample. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be of service. That's my reason for being here. If not, I'd go back home to heaven. I so, 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 so feel that from you. I really, really do. Like your work is like, is it 
Pop Rock's life, like really stepping people onto the lit train, as you yeah, say. Yeah, like, ride it's, the lit it's, train. It's Pop it's, Rocks. It's, We're giants. I fucking love it. Your the language, you have giants this whole, awake. <laughs> yes, you have this whole vocabulary in your book that just—it's. I've adopted it. It's it's so genius. I want to ask you one last selfish question before we circle in on the very last question. Good. I'm glad that it's selfish because selfish is the new self-love. Go ahead. Yes. Okay, great. So I was told once by a spiritual healer years ago that I came from the Pleiadians uh, and I've read some books on them. And I just, I want since you've been around the universe and back, I've, I've heard your story many times. Can you tell me more about about the Pleiadians? Is that a thing? And like, do you want me to check your origin of of the the, the ET uh, definitions inside of you? Okay. Do you give me permission to check your origins? Yes. Okay. Let me take a look. Um. Yeah. Okay. So you're not Pleiadian. Okay. Okay. You're Venusian. What's Venusian? The Venus. The Venus order. So you represent the, the Venusians, that they represent love. They're here to like use love as the acting force throughout the universe. So everything has to come through the field of love, through the lens of love, 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 love. They're passionate. They're, they're, they're sensual. They love intimacy. They love touch. Um, they love beautiful things that glitter and shine. They're very interesting beings. They like to have things around them that have like glitter to them, almost like shiny, glowy. Could be like diamonds, could be like chandeliers, could be like anything that has like a, a radiance to it. Um, like a mirror that has like a beautiful radiance to it. They like things that reflect things off of things. Um, they love uh, being by like water, ocean, um, nature. They would need to be around like trees. Um, they enjoy like being around people um, in small groups. They can't be in huge groups because Venetian people are very sensitive to their energy. So they're very intimate. So they create intimate experiences. And Venetian people are about helping people see the potential in themselves. They're always about like, like boosting someone's uh, ability to perceive themselves different from what they are if they're looking from a negative lens. Um, Venetian uh, beings are also there to always remind people that they can do it even when everyone says they can't. Uh, Venetian people are like the type of people you would see on a gondola going down Venice with someone they love. They're very much about sensitive to food. So like taste, decadence, uh, things that have to do with like feeling good. Venetian people are all about feeling good. Anything that doesn't feel good is not Venetian. They're quick energy. They move fast. They move like fire. So like they walk into a room and they're like, do, 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 and they're moving all over the place. They can't, be, sitting down for them is too, it, it, it's too much for them sometimes. They need to be active. So maybe sometimes they'll even be in their office. If they were in an office setting, they'll be standing up and looking at things versus sitting down and looking at it because they need to feel movement happening. And they're a type of person that um, they don't like arguments. Arguments don't work. Discussions from the heart, of, uh, is greater for them. If you argue with them, they shut off immediately and go away. Because Venetian people um, learn very early when they take human forms about abuse, and they learn very um, early that take they take people on for love that are who end up being abusive because they want to love them so much. They love their they love them even when they're in their darkest thing, and they realize they have to learn very early in life that they can't do that. They can't bring that into their home. They can do that if they were like a, a, a psychiatrist or, you know, someone who's helping people on that level. 
but they have to be around people who are romantic types. They need people who like to make love, who like to look at mm. them and say, you're so beautiful and things like that. Venetian people are very into like, you know, like think of Venus, you know, it's like beauty and, 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 and grace and, you know, these things. This is what your energy is. Kind of nailed it. <laughs> um, you must do this for a living. That, that I was... know, I know, right? <laughs> Weird. That was crazy. That's so crazy. I'm going to do where I, I love to like go down the rabbit holes. I'm going to go research the Venetians now. Mm-hmm. Last, last question for you, Shaman Dirk. And this is, this is a selfish one too. Um, <laughs> I'd love to know what the phrase simply be means to you. Simply be to me means being able to sit and see the beauty of everything in life the children playing, your grandparents, the tree that's blowing with the wind and the leaves, the sun that looks between, above the trees. Uh, it means looking at the hummingbird getting uh, nectar from the flower. It, it means looking at the beautiful, vibrant colors that you see in nature, or just the fact that someone's there around you and they exist. Uh, simply be, to me, is acknowledging the heartbeat, the breath, and really taking time to realize that life is really beautiful. Yes, it is. That was beautiful. Thank you. I loved that reflection. That was one of my favorite ones I've ever heard. I am so grateful for your wisdom. There are so many things I could continue to ask you about, like selfish questions I have about a million things, but we'll maybe we'll do a follow-up. And I, I want to thank you for this book that you wrote, Spirit Hacking. I really genuinely... I read it while I was writing my book and your voice and authenticity. I felt like you were, it is the way you talk. It was so well-written, but it, it felt like you spoke the book versus wrote the book. And it yeah. really inf informed the way that I wrote mine. Like just stay true to your voice, Jessica, as I was writing it. Like it was cool to be reading yours and then writing mine. They're very, very different books. I but love the it. style, it's really been inspiring to to just know you and to get to know you more and more. So thank you for being on my Aww, show. You're so sweet. I love that. Thank you for your kind words. I love you. I love you. Love I love you, love you. you too. I remember the I first time you, so you reached out to me on Instagram and I checked your energy out and I was like, oh yeah, she's one of my friends. I know. You said, <laughs> you, you DM'd me. You said, I love your page. It's so powerful. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you saw the light in me and I, I saw the light in you and I've learned, I've learned a lot from you and it's been very, uh, what should the word validating that I'm, that I'm on the right path. I am of the light, just speak the same language. And I think the work that you're doing is so fucking necessary. Like it's necessary to wake people up. It's, everybody belongs on the lit train. Everybody needs to get on the lit train because this is an amazing thing to be a human being and to experience life on planet earth. And I'm just happy I'm on the planet Earth at the same time as you. Me too. I am happy too. I'm honored by your presence, the fact that you are here, that you hold space for other women on the planet, and you hold space for people to see what is potentially great within them and how they can bring that out and share that with the world and, and really bring their whatever it is that they feel inspired to bring in a very authentic and loving way. And so I really appreciate everything you're doing. And, you know, every time I see things and so forth, I just, I just, I just adore you and I love you. And I, 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 I'm always excited to hear your voice messages and you're such a spark of light. And so I'm really grateful for your presence on the planet so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I love you, darling. Darling.
I love you too. If you loved this podcast, and I so hope you did, please go ahead and subscribe. That way, you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. And if you're feeling extra generous, go ahead and leave us a review. I will be reading listener reviews at the top of each episode, and I would love, love, love to feature yours. If you want to continue to hang out with us, you can come find us on the interwebs. We are at simplybeagency.com. And you can subscribe to our newsletter, where we send exclusive invites to our events, special announcements, and hook you up with personal branding tools. They're awesome. And if you want to come hang out with me, Jessica, I spend most of my time on Instagram. You can find me at Jessica Zweig, that's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-Z-W-E-I-G. My last name is German, by the way. And we can spend some time there. That's it for now. And until the next episode, have a simply awesome week. Bye, guys. This podcast was produced by Dante32.